0: blink, the eye episode. Most of us rely on sight to help us navigate the trail, which means that eye health is a critical part of backpacking. Today's episode focuses on eye health basics and how to care for your eyes while backpacking, and we'll be swapping out our Summit gear review for a Summit film review. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, Josh shares his tips for using contact lenses while backpacking. All this and that's about it, today on The First 40 Miles.
1: Hey, before we jump into the episode, episode 99 is our last double-digit episode. I
0: thought you were going to say our last episode. Don't freak people out.
1: Oh, that would be mean. That
0: would freak me out. Aw.
1: Well, I hope that people have always noticed that uh, our episode numbers are three digits long. And it only took us you know, episode one through nine to get from one digit to two digits. So zero, zero, 001 up to zero, zero, 009. And then we used up that second digit. So that felt good. And <laughs> then it took us, you know, another 90 episodes to where we're finally almost to episode 100. So today's episode, you know, if you go to our website, it's the first 40 milescom slash 099. That means that next week, we get to take off that Final leading zero, and it will just be episode one hundred. For episode one hundred, a cool thing we are going to put out a new hand lettering design designed by Heather. We'll put it on a T-shirt, and who knows, maybe we'll put out some uh, you know note card designs, greeting card designs, or something like that uh, with that uh, hand lettering piece as well. Um, What's the piece you're working on? What's the the phrase?
0: Oh, it says hiking is always a good idea which I think all of our listeners can agree with. And it was really hard to decide what quote to do for our 100th episode because there are so many quotes kind of in the backlog right now that I want to hand letter and share with our audience.
1: So we'll be putting that out next week. That'll be October 11th, 2016. So uh, you can look for it at thefirst40miles.com slash shop.
0: Well, today's episode, we wanted to focus on eyes. Our eyes are absolutely amazing, and I believe that we truly take them for granted when we go backpacking. We use our eyes to gauge depth on the trail, to collect information, to watch for danger, to take in all the beautiful creations around us, and to imprint that beauty into our memory. Eyes are just (laughs) incredible.
1: We pulled up some cool facts about eyes. Uh, For example, eyes heal really quickly. It takes about 48 hours for the eye to repair a scratch to the cornea. That's incredible. I know I have scabs that last for weeks on my skin, but the eyes heal so quickly.
0: Seeing is such a big part of everyday life that it requires about half of the brain to see.
1: Wow, and eyeballs are incredibly complex. Doctors can do all kinds of transplants of organs in our bodies. They can't yet transplant an entire eyeball. They can do part of it, you know, like a cornea or something like that, but the entire eyeball can't do it yet. That optic nerve is so complex, they just can't tie it in successfully yet.
0: I think it's really interesting that the average human blinks about 12 times every minute. And the average blink lasts for about one-tenth of a second. Of course, if you think about it, you're going to start blinking more. (laughs) Well, your eyes are about one inch across, and they weigh about a quarter of an ounce, which, for you ultralight backpackers out there, well worth the weight.
1: And the muscles around our eyes are amazing. They're the most active muscles in our body. This is, again, one of those things when you start thinking about it, like blinking, then you start realizing I mean, your eyes are just always moving, even when you're asleep, like REM sleep, you know, where the where the eyes are moving all over the place when you're dead asleep.
0: And then have you ever wondered what that color is that you see in total darkness when your eyes are closed? It actually has a name. It's called Eigengrau, which is brain gray.
1: Is that from German?
0: It sounds German. In fact, it sounds like a Swiss resort. The Eigengrau. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's the color that you see in total darkness. And then if you've ever wondered what your eyebrows are for, or your eyelashes, it's not just for good looks. They actually have a function. Your eyebrows are designed to prevent sweat from dripping into your eyes, and then eyelashes, they do their best to keep dirt out of your eyes. Which makes me wonder, what's supposed to keep eyelashes out of your eyes? Because that's usually what gets in my eyes.
1: (laughs) Same here. I get eyelashes in my eyes more than I ever get anything else in my eyes. (laughs) Oh, well. When we go out backpacking, we see all the beauty around us. It's amazing. That's a huge part of our experience. But under the surface there, there's this reality that our eyes are doing so much more than just providing. I mean, I shouldn't say just providing that beautiful view and the, the landscapes that you see out there. But they really are doing so much more than that, um, helping us in just almost every way as we hike along the trail, as we uh, pitch camp, as we make our meals and so on.
0: And so this means it's especially important to protect your eyes while you're on a backpacking trip. So for today's top five list, we have the top five ways to protect your eyes while backpacking. And the number one way to protect your eyes while backpacking is to wear sunglasses. I've always kind of wondered what the different colors of sunglasses mean. I mean, I thought it was just for good looks or maybe you just liked rose colored glasses, but it turns out if you're going to be hiking in really bright light conditions, then the color really helps diffuse the light. So you'll want to choose colors like gray, copper, and brown lenses. So if you're doing an exposed hike um, on a glacier, on sand, or hiking above the tree line, those darker colors will help to reduce the bright light. And then if you're going to be in low light conditions, like in a deep forest, you'll want to choose colors like rose or amber.
1: I hardly ever wear sunglasses myself, and and I guess my motivation there is that um, I'd like my eyes to be able to naturally adjust to different brightness levels and not become dependent on sunglasses. But there's some conditions when you're backpacking where the brightness can be so high that it's harmful for your eyes, no matter how good your eyes are at dialing down the diameter of your pupils. Snow is one of those. If you're hiking on a snow field and the sun is shining, that is so bright. You've got to wear sunglasses in that condition. And another one I think of is if you're on the surface of a lake or near a large body of water, because you're getting so much extra reflected light coming up at you on top of the light that's coming directly down from the sun. Other high brightness areas, if you're going across a boulder field or across some kind of rock face and, it, and it's fairly light colored. Uh, same thing, you got to protect your eyes in those cases, even though you may be someone who rarely wears sunglasses in typical situations.
0: Another one of those high exposure situations would be at higher altitudes. So, radiation from the sun, that UV radiation, jumps by 4% for every 1,000 feet of elevation that you gain. So, if you have a high elevation trip, then having a pair of really great wrap around sunglasses is going to be imperative.
1: A few episodes ago, we mentioned that I was going to be taking a business trip to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I've taken that trip, and I was able to take a day off, and I actually found um, a public transportation option. I rode the bus out to the east edge of the city. It only cost me $2 for a day pass on the bus, and I was able to get out hiking in the Sandia Mountains, which was really cool but I forgot that I had gone from nearly sea level here in Oregon to 6,000 feet above sea level in Albuquerque. And you just shared the 4% for every 1,000 feet of additional exposure, so 4 times 6, 24% additional exposure to UV light. I forgot about that, and I had a very, very toasty back of my neck when I was done with that day hike. But that could affect my eyeballs as well, that UV radiation.
0: The number two way to protect your eyes on backpacking trips is by bringing a small bottle of eye drops. One of the amazing things about eyes is that they are self-cleaning. But on backpacking trips, you're exposed to a lot of wind and dust and even pollen. So that can lead to a lot of irritation that your eyes just can't keep up with. And if you're on an extended trip and you have eyes that burn or itch or just feel just gritty, dry, and irritated, you'll be so glad that you packed eye drops. In fact, the little bottle of eye drops is so small, it's so lightweight, it can help your eyes rehydrate and it can get them lubricated and cleaned out. So I think it's, it's another thing that's worth the wait, especially if you tend to have sensitive eyes.
1: What was it that I used that one time when I forgot my contact solution and we were visiting your parents?
0: It was allergy eye drops.
1: I soaked my lenses in these drops that I thought were basically saline, but it was awful. So if you don't have any medical conditions or allergies or problems with your eyes and you just want to bring some eye drops in case um, you need to clean out your eyes, then I think it would probably be a good idea to look for the stuff that's, you know, just basically saline solution that doesn't have any kind of medicated additives in it.
0: The number three way to protect your eyes on backpacking trips is to bring an irrigation syringe or a Ziploc bag. So the reason behind this is because if you have a foreign object in your eye or if you get some kind of chemical in your eye, which would be super rare on a backpacking trip... You never know. I mean, it could be fuel. I mean, there's lots of things that could just end up in your eye. Um, An irrigation syringe or a Ziploc bag with the corner snipped off can be a great tool for flushing your eye out.
1: Yeah, just be aware that if you use water rather than saline solution in your eyes, it will irritate your eyes. They're going to feel weird because it's not matching the salinity of of what's naturally in your eyes. And it's going to take a little while for your eyes to kind of restore that balance. But if it gets the bad stuff out, then, hey, a little discomfort is probably worth getting rid of something that's going to injure your eye.
0: Yeah, I was reading about like, if you get some kind of chemical in your eye, how long should you rinse your eye? And most people agree that it's better to err on the side of overwashing your eye, which medically you cannot overwash your eye. If you have something in your eye and you leave it there, it could end up doing some serious damage. So make sure you keep flushing until your eye is all washed out. The number four way to protect your eye on a backpacking trip is to bring a mirror this kind of goes along with the the foreign object in your eye. If you have something in your eye, it is so frustrating to not be able to see it. So just bring a small little mirror so you'll be able to look into your eye and see where that eyelash is or that little piece of ash from the fire. It's a lot easier for you to see it than for someone else to explain exactly where the foreign object is in your eye.
1: And if you think it's a little weird to bring a mirror on a backpacking trip, but we're not talking about cosmetic mirrors for doing your makeup or something, just a very small mirror will do, just something to see a small area like your eyeball. But keep in mind that a mirror acts as one of your 10 essentials because it's a signaling device. I
0: love it. (laughs) Multi-use. Right.
1: I have a mirror built into my compass, and that's what I use for... You know, we'll get to it in a few minutes, but for taking out and putting in my contacts, I've always got that mirror with me because it's just right in my compass.
0: And if you are beauty conscious on the trail, I've even seen lipsticks that have a mirror built into the lipstick. I'm not saying it's a good idea. (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) it's a small mirror. It's compact, multi-use.
1: What's number five?
0: Number five (laughs) is a sweatband. This is a great way to protect your eyes on backpacking trips, especially if you're one of those people that's prone to sweating a whole bunch, because when you sweat, it's not just salt and water. It's more than that. It's ammonia, it's urea, it's salts, sugar and trail grit. So if that gets in your eyes, it's just going to sting. It's going to irritate. And it might just be better to wrap a bandana around your head or to wear a hat or a sweatband. Just something to keep the sweat from dripping into your eyes. You could also grow really bushy eyebrows. I
1: like was it. just going to ask that. Well, can I just grow out my eyebrows?
0: Yes, I suppose so. <laughs> Sweet.
1: <laughs> well, I've got all the genetics for it. <laughs> my German ancestors gave me really productive eyebrows
0: go for it (laughs) we'll talk after the show yeah yeah okay (laughs) so it pays to protect your eyes on the trail there's nothing more distracting than having a little piece of grit in your eye that can be really frustrating on the trail so take good care of your eyes and they'll take care of you
1: good care of you (laughs) (laughs) saw that one coming (laughs) It's trite, but true. (laughs) Should we move on to the Summit Gear Review?
0: It sounds great. So for today's Summit Gear Review, we have pushed it off to the side this week. And we're going to do the Summit Film Review because we saw a really great little mini documentary this week that we really wanted to share with the first 40 milers. This documentary is called Zero Zero. And it's a mini-documentary about a blind, long-distance hiker named Trevor Thomas and his dog, Tennille. And it follows him throughout his day. You know, he wakes up and hits the trail. It's 15 minutes long, and it's definitely worth a watch.
1: One thing I noticed is that Trevor has a really good spatial sense. Wherever he was, if he walked away from something to grab something else and then walk back... He knew exactly the distance and the space that was being taken. Or as he set up his tent, you could tell that he knew exactly where his tent was, even though he couldn't see it. Like that, Just that spatial memory and being able to connect that with any movements that he made and to really understand. I mean, we use our eyes all the time. If we close our eyes and we spin around in a circle or we walk forward in a straight line or something, we can test ourselves and realize that, oh, we thought we walked further than we actually did, or we walked in a curved line instead of a straight line, or we spun around and we have no idea which way we're facing now. And it just seems like he had really developed that sense of space to where he knew exactly where he was and where all of his stuff was.
0: Trevor has hiked thousands and thousands of miles. I mean, he has more miles under his belt than most of us will ever have. He's done the major trails, he's always planning a trip, and he's a motivational speaker. I think this film is also a really great jumping off point for talking about adaptive backpacking and how to get people out on the trail who have these different issues that maybe would make it more difficult for them to have a safe and enjoyable experience on the trail. One more thing I want to point out about this documentary that I thought was really cool is that they suggest that you listen to it with really great headphones or a really good sound system because that way you can pick up on all the little nuances. In fact, the music is just beautiful and simple and soothing It's a great match for the film. If you just listen to all of the sounds, I guess I would call them the sounds of the trail, (laughs) just the unzipping of the tent or the crunching of his feet along the path, all of those sounds are so familiar and just uh, very inspiring.
1: So you can find the video zero zero on Vimeo. When I put zero zero in the search box in Vimeo, it didn't come up in the results. But if I went to Google and I typed Vimeo 00, it was right at the top of the Google results. Of course, you don't have to do all of that. Just go to the first 40 milescom slash 099 for today's show notes with a link to the video as well as uh, Trevor Thomas's website, blindhikertrevorthomas.com. For today's Backpack Hack of the Week, we'll share my approach for dealing with my contacts on the trail.
0: Is this like your Google contacts or what?
1: My contact lenses.:
0: <laughs> Just wanted to make sure we we understand clarify.: each
1: other. <laughs> Yes, yes. My, my Google contacts stay in my phone, but my <laughs> contact lenses stay in my eyes until nighttime when I need to take them out. So here's what I have. I bring a small travel-size bottle of contact solution. I bring uh, the little contact lens container with screw-on caps. I know that the screw-on caps are not going to come popping open while I'm hiking and I bring a pair of glasses. And then I've got my compass with the built-in mirror. So I set everything up. I pull out a little camp towel. And, well, first of all, I find a rock or a log or something, you know, so I can sit on the ground and have this in front of me as kind of a shelf or a table. Uh, I set out my camp towel, and I set up my compass mirror so I can see my eyes in the reflection of the mirror very close to my face because I have I'm really nearsighted. And then of course I, you know, put the contact solution into my little container and use the the reflection in the compass mirror to get the contacts out of my eyes. All while I'm kind of hunched over this log or rock or shelf or whatever with the camp towel on it. So if I accidentally lose the contact and it drops down, it's not going to be down in the dirt. It's going to land on my camp towel and I can fish around for it and find it and get it into the contact solution where it belongs. That's my nighttime routine, and often I have to set a headlamp in front of me, so I've got the lamp just beaming straight into my eyeball. That way, when I look in the mirror, I can see the reflection of my eye with the light shining on it and can get the contacts out. At night, if it's going to be cold, I have the contacts with me in my sleeping bag. If it's not too cold, no big deal. Um, Or if I forgot to do that, Also not a big deal. The next morning, I can put the contacts in their container in my pocket for a little while while I'm making breakfast. You want them to be body temperature when you put them back into your eyes. Otherwise, it feels really (laughs) weird. (laughs) So next morning, same kind of setup. You know, put out the camp towel, uh, open up my compass with the mirror. I usually don't need a headlamp in the morning, so that's kind of nice. Take off my glasses, pop the contacts back into my eyes. So that's my routine. I think there's probably a couple other alternatives. Uh, One is that I could bring daily wear contacts instead of the monthly wear contacts that I have. It might be good for me to just get a prescription of daily wear.
0: That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, like never use them except when I go backpacking. And then I could just throw them away at the end of each day and pull out a new pair the next day. You know, I always worry about losing them in the middle of a trip. And I've got my glasses, always as a backup. (laughs) But... I just love the view so much more with my contacts in. I get that panoramic view that I don't get with my glasses. I wonder if uh, other people have really gotten a system down for getting their contacts in and out. Perhaps some people don't need the mirror. They can just kind of do it by feel and don't have to look at their eye in the mirror. I, I can't do that yet, though.
0: I actually haven't been brave enough to bring contacts on a trip because I'm afraid, you know, one gust of wind will knock it off my finger and I'll be blurry eyed for the rest of the trip. I mean, don't you worry about that?
1: I do. Yeah, and especially if it is windy, it's very easy for that contact to just blow right off my finger.
0: But it hasn't happened yet, has it?
1: Well, there have been a couple times that I've lost a contact and then ended up finding it, you know, because my camp towel is down there or it lands in my lap or something. I have yet to permanently lose a contact on a trip other than the trip when I was a scout way back. I've mentioned it before. I left them in my eyes overnight and one of the contacts left off to the side of my eye and dried out. And then I picked at it in the morning and it was destroyed. But as an adult, I haven't permanently lost a contact on a backpacking trip You've matured. <laughs> yet. I think it will happen someday. I really do. But that's why I've got the glasses.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah. And in episode 54, we actually talked about a really great way to get glasses for a backpacking trip. Zenni Optical has really great deals on glasses. I mean, I think their cheapest is like 6.95 a pair. So as long as you have a prescription, you can order these super cheap glasses. And if they get damaged on the trail, you're not out too much. They have a huge selection, and it just makes for a really great backup pair to take on a trip. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Helen Keller. She said, to me, a lush carpet of pine needles or spongy grass is more welcome than the most luxurious Persian rug. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked this podcast, then visit 1st 40 milescom slash shop. We'll see you next time on the First 40 Miles. You ready to dive into today's episode? I want to resume that into today's episode. All right. Cool. You ready to dive into today's episode? Did that sound okay? (laughs) Dive into today's episode, into today's, into today's. Uh, Yeah, that's how
1: it goes, I guess.
0: Bing bong. You got it.